Chief Greg Burke, do you affirm that this eagle feather symbolizes your direct connection to the Creator for your people and you hold it in the spirit of honor and truth to your ancestors who have passed and to your ancestral spirits who are here today to guide you and protect you that the evidence you shall give in this matter shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Jeffrey, I do. Well, Anna. Thank you, Chief Burke. For those, for, for those of us that don't know you, can you please state, us, uh, state your name and let us know where you're from? Uh, John Gregory Burke, uh, originally from uh, uh, Cape Breton, Glace Bay. Don't hold that against me, though. Um, I, uh, I run a financial practice uh, in Halifax. I live outside of Halifax now, and my office is in Bedford. My name is John Gregory Burke. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, uh, Chief Burke? <laughs> well, you don't want to know it all, but... <laughs> Um, I, uh, I just want to share with you that uh, I do have four years of nursing at Toronto East General and uh, I'm just not another head in the crowd. Um, <clears throat> so going through this uh, was very difficult for me knowing that the knowledge that I had through my training that I worked in uh, the OR cardiac arrest unit as well as uh, uh, we did training in pathology as well as uh, the OR. So. Um, I'm well-versed not only in our Constitution or my treaty rights, but I'm also well-versed uh, in the medical field and sterilization. Uh, Chief Burke, um, I understand you've had some significant health issues uh, fairly recently prior to or pretty much at the onset of, of COVID that are not COVID-related. Can you tell us more about those, please? Yeah, I diagnosed myself with uh, cancer back in 2019. Um, and our medical system being what it is, uh, they didn't go, uh, what I told my doctor, I guess maybe I shouldn't have directed the doctor, but I told him I wanted to go to a private clinic and, uh, and uh, get a uh, ultrasound done and get my blood work done. And, and it all came back uh, uh, negative. So um, I went on my way thinking it was, you know, I was getting old, I guess, and figured it was just an old age thing. But uh, in uh, in uh, 2021, January 2021, I went to him. I said, look, well, I definitely have cancer. I, I said, uh, I have to get a colonoscopy done. So I had a colonoscopy done, and, uh, and uh, I ended up with surgery in April of 2021 and uh, was followed by eight treatments of uh, chemo, which ended in uh, December 24th of uh, 2021. Following that, um, when they did the CT scan, uh, they found three blood clots in my lungs due to the chemo treatment. So they had me on uh, a high dose of blood thinners uh, from uh, January through to June. Were you on any medication for your cancer? Yeah, I had the eight treatments of chemo as well as uh, they gave me Dilaton, which I didn't use. I, I didn't need Dilaton. And through my surgery, I didn't need Dilaton. Um, 
although they told me to take it. They said opioids gets a bad rap, but for some reason I, I didn't have pain. And uh, But uh, I took the Dilaudid home with me, and, uh, and of course they give you all kinds of mouthwash to kill the lumps and bumps that get in your mouth, and, and the lumps and bumps that get all over your body. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I, I, I was on medication, as well as the blood thinners. You said that um, lumps and bumps all over your body. Can you tell us more about that? That's related to the medication? Yeah, it was hard to describe. Uh, it, uh, it got to the point where it got so bad that uh, I couldn't touch myself, actually, uh, because there were like little hives, like millions of little hives all over your body. Um, and uh, and uh, the chemo treatment causes... Uh, uh, tissue damage so even today as I sit here today my feet are on fire uh, from the tissue damage as well as uh, tissue damage on the hands your hands never you know someday maybe they'll get back to normal but uh, as I was explain explaining to you Chris um, uh, even today I, I uh, struggle trying to take the top off a of plastic uh, Tupperware Did the medications affect your cognitive abilities at all? Well, combined with the operation and the uh, and the chemo treatment, um, you end up with uh, chemo fog brain. They call it. What does that mean? Can you explain that uh, a little bit further? What, what What do you mean by that? What happen What happens? Well, well com a cop asked me that. He said, "What do you mean by chemo fog brain?" The best way I can describe it is, it's not like you're drunk, but it's almost like you're in a daze, like you're you're stupid. You know, so it's uh, it's it's you're not your reaction time and your thinking time isn't sharp. You know, uh, you do everything slow. You move slow. You talk slow. You react slow. So it takes you a little bit longer to process information uh, when you're having a conversation. Sometimes, depending on at that time. Yeah, you have to uh, you have to uh, 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 compress it and then react. Because of the chemo treatments that you went through and the diagnosis of the blood clots in your lungs, were you given a medical exem exemption, uh, for example, for wearing a mask? Uh, well, uh, when I started the chemo treatment in June of uh, 2021, they gave me a yellow card. I'll just show that to everybody if they're not familiar with it. Uh, this is a, a, a go-to-the-emerge card. Uh, it... Uh, there's all kinds of warnings on it. If you're having a heart attack or high blood pressure or fever, whatever, um, I override everything, everything in the uh, eMERGE other than a car accident. And uh, and uh, and because of this, um, I uh, you're very susceptible to bacteria or whatever. And and uh, everything I know about uh, wearing the chin diaper. Uh, working in the OR, um, what people were wearing um, was really a joke to me. So, um, and when I see people wearing it, I felt sorry for them, knowing how dangerous it was uh, for their health. Um, Craig, I'm just going to real quickly for the commissioners. Their exhibit, uh, Chief Burke is referring to. There are a number of them, and the labels are will be TR-010 as well as TR-010A through E. Those would be the exhibits that we'll be referring to. 
Chief Burke, in, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I want to take you to an incident on February 9th, 2022, at approximately 3 p.m. Can you, can you tell me about that, please? Sure. Uh, well, because I wasn't wearing a mask, I, I didn't wear a mask at any time um, in hospitals. Uh, I was there every 14 days to get my blood checked to make sure hematology was, was or my hematoma was good and, and uh, white cells were fine. And uh, actually, I'll share something with you. Is when I first arrived there to get my blood checked uh, to take my first treatment of uh, chemo, um, there was a lady there said, well, while I was going to the washroom, I didn't hear her say, but uh, my wife heard her say that uh, you make him wear a mask. And uh, the oncologist came up to my wife with the mask, not sterilized. You know, if you're going to touch these things, you have to be sterilized. You've got to scrub up. Anyway, the oncologist said to my wife, uh, could you get your husband to wear a mask? And Susan said, good luck with that. So uh, so when they asked me, I said, no, I'm not going to wear it. I said, uh, it's on your finger. You're not sterile, so I'm not going to touch it. So, um, And I went into several stores, and, of course, when I explained to them uh, my condition, they were okay with it. And we went into Canadian Tire. And I really just would like for you to uh, talk to us what happened up until the interaction with the owner, because I would like to show a video for that particularly. Yeah. I, um, I went into Canadian Tire, as Chris said, on February the 9th. It was around quarter to three. And, uh, and I was going to return an item, and I walked up to the return desk. There was a huge plexiglass on the return desk, a girl behind it wearing a, a face mask. And uh, I put my item down, and she said, you've got to wear a mask. And I said, I, I don't wear a mask. She said, do you have an exemption? I said, yeah, I do have an exemption. She said, well, I can't wait on you. I said, why not? And she said, well, you're a danger to my health. I said, well, I said, you're behind plexiglass wearing a mask. How am I a danger to, my, to your health? And she said, well, you're a danger. I'm not going to wait on you. And she walked away from me. And I said, well, can I speak to the manager? And, uh, and bear in mind here, I've got chemo brain. So, you know, it's, it's almost like you're in sort of a dream here. And uh, so she picked up the phone, and, and I stood there probably for about 15 or five minutes, six minutes, waiting for the manager to show up. Everybody was calling. The, the girls at the cash register were trying to get a hold of a Mr. Keating. And, uh, and while I was leaning against the uh, railing, this individual, did you want me to go further with this? No, I want you right up to the point okay. uh, that, that you're going through now. So uh, this individual showed up, and he kind of towered over me, and he started. Just one second, Greg. I'm going to just stop you right there. Um, unfortunately, I don't have HDMI capability on my side, so I need to walk over to Chief Burke's to uh, show you the video on, on the laptop. Did you, wanna, did you want me to keep explaining? Or? Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the video. Okay. And when I play the video for you, uh, you can watch it then. You can get out of the light party of the audience uh, as well. Okay. What we'll do is you, you narrate it. If you okay. okay, all right. So Chris asked me to narrate this for you while it's on the screen. So uh, you can see me, I'm up at the desk. I'm putting the arrow to Chief Burke, as you can see there. So he's a gentleman in the blue. 
I noticed that gentleman in the blue kept looking at me because I didn't have a mask. Just a little bit until yeah. the uh, interaction occurs. There's no you're waiting for a few minutes. Okay, so she's waiting on me there, or telling me that she can't wait on me. I asked to speak to the manager. So she disappeared there, and she went on the phone to call the manager. And I stepped back, and you see me leaning there um, while I'm waiting. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And and there, this guy shows up. Okay. Okay. This guy shows up, and he's and he never asked me who it was, what I was doing there, nothing. He just immediately started saying, "If you're not going to wear a mask," and he's screaming, "Leave the store!" And you see his hand gesture, and I said, and you can see me asking him to calm down because he's white-faced, dried mouth, and very confrontational. And I'm saying, I, I just want to explain something to you here. And he said, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to listen to you. If you're not going to wear a mask, get out. And you see him shaking his head back and forth, uh, saying no. And um, that's when he gave me three options. First option was, I can do my business out on the street. Second was, I can do it online. This is returning an item now. And the third, I can wear a mask. And I immediately said to him, no, that's not an option, but let me think of my other option. And I put my head down to figure out, how am I going to do this outside? They've got to bring the machine out. This is how my brain was working that day. And, uh, and then when I left, I didn't notice he went to the other side. And when I raised my head to ask him how I was going to do it outside, he immediately said, okay, you see him grabbing me there. He immediately said, if you're not going to wear a mask, I'm going to throw you out. And I said, what do you mean? Like you're physically going to throw me out? I couldn't believe he said that. He said, that's right. And I said, I laughed at him and I started to go to, my, to, to leave. And, and I said, that wouldn't be a good idea. And I wasn't referring to that I would knock him out, which... Maybe I should have, but um, what I was referring to was my health. I'm on high blood pressure or high, uh, high dose of blood thinners. I'm suffering from chemo brain fog, uh, and I'm not myself, so that's what I was referring to. So uh, I think that triggered him, and that's why he grabbed me. And uh, I pushed him off me, and I was warning him not to touch me, but he came at me again. And uh, I pushed him off again, and, uh, and he backs me up to the corner, or to the return desk. And I thought that I grabbed him to, to hold him off, but obviously the video didn't do that. But I did warn him. I said, look, I said, don't you dare touch me. I said, and this is the way I said it, because I'm, I'm not an excitable type of individual, because there he grabs me again. And I had to push him away again. And that's where I told him, don't touch me, I can hurt you. And believe me, I can hurt you. So at that point, he's hollering, giving directions to call the cops. And I said to him, now I'm, right about now, I'm, I'm very nervous. 
I'm not afraid of him, but I'm nervous of him doing something that I'm not expecting and he'd get the advantage over me because if you know anybody on blood thinners, if you get cut, you're, you're going to bleed pretty bad. So that was my worry there. And, uh, and uh, I told him, I said, well, I'm going to call the cops. You go ahead. I'm going to have you charged with assault. So while I was leaving, Chris is not showing that, but as I was leaving, uh, he kept following me. And I said, don't follow me. Don't, because I was worried that he was going to jump me from behind. And, uh, and uh, anyway, I went out into my car and um, I waited in my car. I called the 911 when I was in my car and, um, and he came out. And I thought, okay, oh, he's come to his senses. He's he's going to come and apologize. And uh, one second, Greg. I'm sorry. I thought I, I thought I pressed play to finish the video, and I walked away. My apologies for that. Um, so we'll go over there. Okay. So he's giving he's giving orders to the girl to to call the cops. And uh, right about now, I'm I'm, you know, I don't know. This guy's unpredictable. I mean, he's crazy. His eyes were like that coming at me. Chief Burke, um, I know that the video is, is still playing and we can probably switch off of that. Uh, thank you. Uh, again, because he, you, you do exit the store at that point in time. Um, the lady that walked off, she at this time is actually calling 911 and the audio recording for that is available to the commissioners. It is one of the exhibits. As well as when you were outside uh, Chief Burke after the confrontation, uh, and then you, you went outside. I, I know the store owner followed you, but what happened outside of the store? Well, did I you, did you call anybody? Yeah, I called uh, 911 and told them that I've been assaulted and I want uh, charges laid against the. Uh, I thought he was the manager. I didn't know he was the owner. Um, for the commissioners, that 911 recording is also part of the exhibits that you can listen to. After that, what had taken take place uh, fast forward uh, to when the police officer arrives? Yeah, what when he, then? I was talking to two RCMP officers that were in the parking lot at the time. They were on a, their coffee break and we were chatting and, uh, and the, uh, I waited about 15, 20 minutes and, and this Bedford cop showed up and he asked me what was going on and I said, uh, go watch the video and come back and talk to me, which he did. He went in and he come back out. A it was a beautiful day, and he was wearing one of those N95 masks, and I thought, oh, boy, this, this is, this is going to be good for me. <laughs> you know, it's, they called the right guy. So anyway, he, he went in, he came out, and he said, uh, yeah, I watched the video. He said, yeah, he grabbed you, but you defended yourself. I'm not going to charge him. I'm not going to charge you. And I said, you're not going to charge me. I'm, I'm, I defended myself. And he said, well, he's allowed to do that. Yeah. So just uh, the Bedford Canadian Tire Store, bring a bodyguard with you because they're allowed to grab you. Um, Chief Burke, yeah. excuse me, please keep it yeah. down. Thank you. Um, Chief Burke, the interaction with the police officer, uh, can you tell me specifically about that? What, what was the conversation you had with him and what was the result of that? Well, it wasn't much. Um, after he said that uh, he wasn't going to charge me, he said, I'm going to give you a ticket. And I said, a ticket for what? He said, for not wearing a mask. And I said, a ticket for not, and I'm thinking, what ticket? And he walked away. He didn't, didn't ask me what transpired inside, nothing. And he went to his car, and I waited and waited in my car, and then 
I went over to his car probably about 15, 20 minutes, and I said, you know, what's going on? He said, well, he said, I'm having difficulty. Uh, they change the rules all the time, so i got to find out if I'm charging him with the right thing or not. So he said, I apologize for taking so long, but uh, here's a ticket for not wearing a mask. And I said, not wearing a What the heck? And I looked, it was $2,422, something like that. So the interaction with the police officer resulted in you receiving a fine for not wearing a mask. Did the officer at any point ask you if you had a mask exemption? No. So there were no inquiries whatsoever about what transpired inside. He went inside the, inside the store and he felt satisfied with what he observed to issue you a fine but not proceed with anything else. Yeah. No, this, uh, what I found out later uh, when I wanted to, I tried to force him to put an assault charge on this guy, and when I spoke to his sergeant, his sergeant said, well, I read his notes, and, you know, I, I don't see that uh, we should file assault charges. It's not going to go anywhere. And I said, you, you read my notes? And he, he said, well, yeah. I said, he didn't take any, any uh, whatever from me. He didn't take any statement. He said, well, we got it on. I said, well, he didn't even talk to me about it. So he said, well, I'll send over an officer now. Ten minutes? Okay. Or 15, because he held up five minutes, too. Uh, so um, anyway, um, Chief, Chief where was Burke, I? Chief Burke, I would like to, uh, unfortunately, I kind of need to stop this one here because we have another very important incident okay. that we, we definitely have to get to. Yeah. Um, I just will, I'll just will say this that the cop lied to Canadian Tire and told him I was banned for six months, and he never ever put a ban on me for six months. So this this guy was a loose cannon. Okay. So, thank you. The, I now want to fast, excuse me, fast forward you uh, 30 days to an incident on March 9th that you were also uh, involved in. Can you briefly describe that for me? Well, that was actually 30 days after the Canadian Tire assault. So Canadian Tire was February 9th, and this is March 9th. And there was a homeless guy that I knew from years ago uh, living in his car, so I thought I'd go by and, and uh, buy him supper. It was, it was a late evening. and So we went to A&W, and I walked in, and the girl said, you got to wear a mask. I said, I don't wear a mask. And she said, well, you, you uh, do your order by the plexiglass. So I ordered for both of us. And uh, all of a sudden, this guy comes out of the, he, he, you can tell he was a migrant. He came out, out of the door like a can and shot, shot him through the door and started screaming for me to wear a mask. And I said, well, I got my order. It's right there. And he, he kept saying, you got to wear a mask. And he was screaming. He was really upset. And I said, well, do I wear a mask if I sit down? No. I said, well, I'll sit down and you, and you can bring it. No, he wouldn't do it. And... Uh, and I said, uh, how long have you been in the country? He said, three months. I said, did they teach you anything about the Canadian Bill of Rights? I don't care about your Canadian Bill of Rights. I said, if you don't care about my Canadian Bill of Rights, you go back to the country where you don't have rights. And uh, anyway, he said, well, I'm calling the RCMP. I said, go ahead. I said, give me my money back. And he wouldn't give me my money back. So I said, when the RCMP come, I'm charging with theft because I, I want my money. I'm leaving. Now, and Chief this Burke, is the way I was talking. I'm sorry, can you, uh, I hate to interject, but in, in the interest of time, can you take us to the moment 
uh, outside when the police arrived uh, yeah. regarding this incident? Yeah, I'm not a long-winded person, but uh, I'll try to be short. Uh, <laughs> so I, um, as I was leaving, the RC, two RCMP officers were walking in. And say, they said, what's going on? I said, well, I, I came here to order food. They took my order. Then he wouldn't give me the money back, and I'm just about to leave. He said, well, let's go outside and we'll talk about it. I said, yeah, okay. So we go outside, and he said, uh, do you have your ID? I said, yeah. Show me your ID. I said, did I break the law? He said, no. I said, well, you don't need my ID. I'm leaving. He said, no, you're not. I said, I'm detained? No. I said, well, I'm leaving. Give me your ID. No. So that went back and forth. As this was going back and forth, and I was trying to explain to the RCMP the rights and the laws, this little RCMP officer is coming across the parking lot, and he immediately grabbed me, tried to throw me up against the wall. And he said he was... He, he was going to charge me with resistance. And I said, I said You're, I'm not resisting. I said, you can't handle my arms. I said, just relax. I said, I'll give you my arms. If you want to handcuff me, you want to go down this rabbit hole, let's go down this rabbit hole. So uh, I helped him handcuff me behind, from behind, and then he started to push me towards his car. And I warned him not to push me, and he didn't push me after that. And we get in the car. Now, you have to appreciate my skin still hurting from the chemo treatment. And, and uh, he, he was helpful. He helped me get my legs in the back seat of the car because if anybody's been in the back seat of an RCMP car, they're like getting in the coffin. So anyway. Chief Burke, um, I wanted to just really touch upon when you had that interaction with the one police officer. You were having a conversation about the masking situation when an officer approached, came across in the parking lot, and basically put his hands on you to, to effect an arrest. Did they tell you that you were under arrest at any time before they laid their hands on you, before they touched you? Uh, sorry, repeat that again? Oh, when the second officer came yep. and who then physically tried to take control of you, did he advise you that you were under arrest at that time? No, no. Okay. Did, uh, when, how much force would you say, I know it's difficult to gauge, but when he tried to uh, gain control of you, um, was, was there a struggle? Is that why he was saying, yeah, you know, yeah. stop resisting? Were, were you struggling? Were you resisting the officer? Yeah, he tried to slam me up against the brick wall. That's what he tried to do, and I tried to prevent it because I didn't want my face to go into the brick wall because I'm still on uh, blunt thinners. Right. Okay. Right. Um, so then you, you were cooperative, and you allowed him to put the handcuffs on? Were yeah, you? and I wasn't combative or saucy or anything. I was, I was just standing up for my rights. Were you handcuffed in the front or the back? Back. And then he, he pushed you towards the police car, but yeah, you... He, yeah, he pushed me several times. Okay. Yeah. What did you say to him when he was pushing you? I told him not to push me again. Okay. Uh, and then you walked the police car, and he put you in the back of the police car, and he assisted you putting your legs in because, yes, the back of police cars are... Uh, very, very, very small. Uh, um, Confined, yeah. Thank you, yes. Yeah. What happened then? Uh, I presume the well, he read me my rights and uh, asked me if I understood them, and I said, uh, I understand the rights, but I don't understand why he read them. And I said, what are you charging me with? He said, creating a disturbance. And I said, yeah. I started laughing. I said, the only fools that created a disturbance is the little guy that got shot out of a cannon there and you. I said, I didn't create a disturbance. And uh, so I, we had a conversation about the handcuffs. I said, look, I said, you've got to take these off. 
He said, well, I'll, I'll, I said, I'm not a threat to you. I said, I never was a threat to you. I said, I don't know why you're overreacting the way you, you are. But I said, let's go down this rabbit hole. So while we're having this conversation, the Mountie that initially spoke to me, five minutes, okay, I'm going to talk faster then. Um, so <clears throat> the other Mountie came, and they had a powwow in the front of the RCMP car. And then the guy, the, the guy that put the handcuffs on me, he said, uh, he said, I, uh, I'm going to give you uh, a band for six months. And, of course, I was teasing him. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to starve to death. I'm not going to get a, you know, I was, I was basically being a smartass, but uh, I thought he deserved it. And uh, when I got out of the car, I tried to ask him a legal question about showing your ID. And finally, after four or five attempts, he he finally answered my question, and I asked him, I said, if I'm walking down the street at 3 o'clock in the morning, do you have the right to pull me over? Although I'm not committing a crime, do you have the right to ask for my ID? He said, if, I, if I'm suspicious, I can. Now, that's totally wrong. So, Thank anyway, you, uh, they're, the two of them are under investigation, I, and I've asked the... Chief, the, uh, Chief Burke. Uh, oh, the, sorry. Oh, that's okay. Before You're the you boss. Over, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, because I, I will actually get get to that. Um, okay. Uh, that's okay. Because once once your interaction ended, you you were given uh, a piece of paper which you understood to be a basically protection of property act notice. So you banning you from entering the ANW that location. No one your rings for six months. I'm sorry. No one your rings for six months. No one rings for six months. But you were banned from the property for six months. That's what correct. Yeah, yeah. And did the officer open a piece of paper that he served you with, and did he explain that to you? No, he, he folded it over and gave it to me. Okay, so it was folded yeah. over and he gave it to you, uh, and he told you that you were banned verbally for for six months. Was there was there uh, anything within that piece of paper? Um, that yeah, I, yeah, I discovered after. That? Yeah, I discovered after I opened the paper there was a ticket for not wearing a mask, two thousand four hundred twenty-two dollars. Huh. Did the officer inform you at any time that you were being issued a citation for not wearing a mask? Never. Neither, neither one of them. And in fact, the, the ticket was written by the other Mountie, not by the Mountie that handcuffed me. Okay. As I understand it, um, and what, what you've already said about And oh, by the way, none of those RCMP officers were wearing a mask. So the interaction you had with the officer outside of the store um, they were not wearing a mask? None of them were wearing a mask. Did, in the store or outside? Did, when you say in the store, did an officer have an occasion to go inside the store? Did, uh, did, was an, did an officer go inside the store uh, to find out what happened? Uh, I don't know. The only time I seen those, the, the girl and, and the initial constable was when I was leaving. I don't know if they went back in. But that so the international contact inside the store. So both of those officers came inside the NW not wearing masks when you were there. Correct. And but you issued a citation for not wearing a mask in a store, but although they were not either when they entered the store. Neither one of them wore a mask. Thank you for that, um, Chief Burke. I'm going to keep it short, but I you, you've already. State as part of your testimony that you've made a complaint against these RCMP officers. You made a public complaint? I, I, for, to Ottawa, yes. Uh, 
Can you give me a brief overview of that? Sorry? Is, is, uh, is there, can you give me a brief overview of that? Yeah, is, I, uh, I called the sergeant to my house. We had a great, nice guy. He was a real nice guy. We had a good conversation. And uh, he was shocked that I was given a ticket without uh, my knowledge. He said, we don't do business that way. And he wanted me to lodge a complaint with Ottawa, which I did. It, it's still under investigation. And the, the constable that is taking care of it on the local area has found the, the initial RCMP officers in six violations. And the one that handcuffed me is under 12 violations. And I've asked, they've asked me what I want it done. And, uh, and I said that I want the two of them fired. Um, thank you. Thank you for that, uh, Chief, Chief Burke. And um, in the interest of time, um, the documents are included. And I will just defer to the commissioners for any follow-up questions. Thank yeah, just, just one other thing that uh, we didn't touch on, Chris, is... Uh, um, he told me that it, while I was in the car, and he told me he was going to ban me, he did say that uh, he wasn't going to charge me. And, and I said, yes, you are. So we had a little argument back and forth that uh, I wanted him to charge me. So to put that in context, that would be uh, interact your interaction with the RCMP, so at the NW, yeah. uh, when you were placed in the back of the police car. Correct. And what was he not going, what were you arguing for to be charged with? Well, he was going to charge me with disturbance, and then he said he wasn't going to charge me. And I said, no, I want you to charge me because we're down this rabbit hole, so I want you to charge me. And he said, no, I'm not going to charge you. And I said, why not? He said, I'm not going to charge you. Well, that's, that's where that was. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're, we're running out of time, but I, but I, I, I judge you as a pretty amiable man, that you, you're, you're uh, social and you're communicative, and I have a feeling that you're well-known in public to your community. Yeah, you have pretty, yeah, my wife doesn't want to go out with me because. Join the club. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so what I, um, the question I had for you is, have you, it, it seems, like, have you had people react to you this way before? Like, before this whole pandemic, did people generally react in this way to you? I mean... Never. Never. I, I'm not a confrontational person, uh, although I've never, ever backed away from a fight. I've been an enforcer on the ice all my life, you know, and being brought up in Glace Bay, you know, if somebody looks at you... <laughs> then, you know, okay, okay. In coal mining town, you get, you know, you're fighting all the time. Then, then, you, you, you know, the, the Canadian Tire happened. And that was an incident, and A and W happened. So it's not an isolated incident. Why? What do you think motivated these people to to treat you this way? Apart from the fact that you weren't wearing a mask, why would they? Why would they react to you this way? I would say, um, to sum it up, I would say the. The lack of knowledge, number one, uh, the lack of education, and the influence that the medical health department and the politicians had on people by manipulating. Um, when you say the, the influence that the politicians and the media had on people, exactly what do you mean by that? What, what kind of influence? Well, you, you had politicians that uh, were passing laws that, uh, you know, we got a young girl in here that 
she protested against Dr. Strange, uh, or Strain, and uh, and um, she ended up in jail for six six uh, days. And the person that wrote that law, uh, Brad Johns, who's the Minister of Justice, happens to be one of the most crooked people. I, I don't care about being sued. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, well, let's. I, I I think I've got my answer, but. Thank, okay. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you, Chief Burke. Yeah. Well, Alan, I want to thank everybody for coming here. I was impressed. You have a question? Oh, just, just one second, Chief Burke. We do have one more question, I believe. Sorry about that. I just wanted to ask if this is uh, the two fines have gone to court, and what was the outcome, or was it stopped when you did the investigation against the RCMP? Uh, sorry, I didn't hear you. I just I have to eat the mic now. <laughs> I just I'm, I just wondered if there was any follow up in court with the two fines, or if the accusations or the charge that you laid against the RCMP office, officers if that has stopped the court action. I'm just wondering where it went from here, if there has been any follow-up. My Canadian Tire ticket uh, will be addressed on June the 1st at 6 o'clock. Uh, the RCMP ticket, uh, I'm going to have to check on that. Chris and I had a conversation about that. He asked me if I went to court over that, and I said, well, it was one of the stipulations I asked the sergeant to uh, drop it, given the fact that, uh, that it wasn't presented to me. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chief Burke. Hold on.